Welcome to our joint venture with MindVars and the Awakening Podcast. You'll find Chris on MindVars.uk. He's on BitChute and MindVars. I'm on AwakeningPodcast.org and I'm on Awakening Podcast on BitChute. How are you, Chris? I'm great, Ryan. Yourself this week? Fine and dandy, fine and dandy. Good, good. What have we got in store? Yeah, we've we've got plenty of different things. So um, I suppose let's try to start upbeat because you know people like a bit of positivity. So uh, we saw uh, you know there was uh, people sticking together on a flight. Uh, I think I believe it was in Israel. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, it's hard to know where it's from. It's, it says hashtag Israel on it, so you're presuming it's Israel, but um, there's no real context around it. All you can see is this actual image um, of people getting off the flight, and they've actually people are uh, I don't know was it tweeting or Instagram and later basically saying that um. Yeah, basically that was all over a story that uh, two kids allegedly were asked to take off their, or sorry, put on their mask, they had no mask, and uh, the hostesses goes, or the people over the plane actually said, look, your, your kids have on these masks. And next thing I knew, there was the whole plane says, well, if they're not basically being allowed to stay on the plane, because they're presumed they're actually asking them to get off the plane, and uh, so the whole plane actually got up with them, which is great. Everybody in the whole plane stood in solidarity, and they all just walked off the plane. Now, what happened afterwards? Um, we don't know. I don't have the rest of the context of the story, but that was interesting to see that everybody got up off the plane with them in solidarity. And that's the way it should be, because we've seen ones we talked about before Christmas, where p- kids were asked to, probably less than two years of age or so, asked upon mass. They got kicked off, but everybody sat beside them, kind of reading the newspaper, almost like as if they were like, "Oh, nothing's going on here." Nobody standing in solidarity with them, and the whole thing um, was, was a shambles. But this time, at least, uh, thankfully, just people got up together. And that's the, that's the way we need to do it. People going about, well, we need to wear a mask. We need to do these passports and vaccinates because otherwise we can't fly. And if everybody boycotted just like they did and hurt them in the pocket, they won't be long in changing their tune and go back to the government and say, well, actually, you know what? We need to do this, this, and this because um, we're losing serious money. We've already lost serious money over the last 12 months or so. We can't afford to lose anymore. So then they'll change their tune fairly quick. But until then, it's just a matter of, uh, like we said, time and time again, people standing up and sticking together. And it shows numbers. We can just uh, you can just take over like that and just stop these draconian measures uh, overnight. And what I find strange is that, um, like, uh, when I mean, because they're not having uh, seats on the plane that you're kind of they're only filling twenty percent or something like that. There's some planes that are full, and if you have the mask, I mean, we've seen that even with the vapor when people were doing tests, it doesn't come out when you breathe. It doesn't come straight out. It comes mm. out the side. So, yeah. if in reality. You're, it's actually more dangerous wearing a mask because yeah. you're breathing directly into theirs. Uh, yeah, if you're looking straight direction. ahead and you have a person either side of you, um, it's, it's blowing straight out the, the side of the mask. And even proof of that is um, I had a doctor on a, a while back and she said the very same thing. She said when you're actually, um, when they're training in, in their, their couple of years that they train and all that, they said when they're say standing in a place where in a theater where there's an open wound or somebody's open heart surgery or whatever it is, they're opened up and they're standing there sort of like an apprentice for want of a better word and basically they're handing instruments to the surgeons and people around them they have all their masks and stuff all of that but if you're if their two hands are full with, with instruments and stuff they actually have to hold or trays or anything like that at all they can't exactly put their hand up to their face or sneeze or, or anything like that or well, if you had the knife you'd be fucking doing fair damage to yourself straight into it? yourself you'd be up in the operating table beside you yeah <laughs> that'd be the next one <laughs> but the, the, the fact of the matter was most people would think when their hands are full of that the, the, your normal expectancy is I'll turn away and sneeze to the side so I'm not looking straight at the person that you know, has open wounds and stuff on the bed. But she actually said, no, that's the worst thing you can do. She said, we're actually trained you to look straight ahead because otherwise uh, it'll actually, if you turn to the side, all of a sudden the sideness of it actually, just all the particles of it actually just blow straight onto the, onto the, the patient that's you know, knocked out inside the table for whatever open uh, operation they're actually getting on the day. So yeah, things like that you wouldn't actually think of. But um, 
that's that in the situation with the, with, with the plane and all that. Um, yeah, madness. But we can and, uh, take and that like if we look at that and then go to the opposite because we, we I know that there's a you know a, a priest in Ireland. I know he's basically standing up for you know what he believes in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a guy in uh, County Cavan up around that area of Ireland, and uh, Father PJ Hughes, I believe his name is. And he's been saying for the last couple of months, um, he came out in an article there, a uh, Catholic priest, and he said, uh, well, I'm basically not closing my doors. And the police apparently had you know, warned him and pressured him for every so many weeks or so, before Christmas as well. And it's only recently now that they've actually come up and say, right, enough warnings, we're giving you a 500 uh, euro fine for basically um, having the doors open. In other words, that basically the public can come in and out of the place um, so for public gatherings inside. So basically people going into to pray in these pews that it could be you know, a whole pew apart from each other. But um, you know, if you go down to Asda or you go down to Walmart and these places, you could have 100 or 200 people inside bashing trolleys or close to each other. And that's all right. But you maybe 20 or 30 or 50 people inside in a, in a, in a mass situation um, or just going to pray. There's not even mass on sometimes. You just go in and have their, their morning prayers themselves. Walk out again. That's totally different. Um, so he's said, um, he actually said in the article, he says, they give me the 500 euro or fine all they want. So I'm still going to keep my door open. He says, because the option is there. I'm not making people come in. If they want to come in, they can come in. If they want to stay at home and watch it virtually online or whatever they want to do with masses, that's up to themselves. So they, they take their own risk in what they want to do. He says, I'm not making anybody come in. He says, everybody has to make their own decision on what they're doing. But under no circumstance, am I closing my doors? So he says, I'm, I won't be paying the fine. And um, if, if I have to go to jail, I'll go to jail. <laughs> that's what he said himself. So he's prepared to do that. And fair, fair. fair so. Exactly. Yeah, and more and if, like you, if, if you actually look at, I don't know, is it finished yet? Or it probably is at this stage. You had, it used to be the Five Nations. Now it's the Six Nations Rugby. So you have all these, I think it's 15 people against 15, where they're basically scrumming, you know, their heads are rammed yeah. up each other's arses like, and yeah. you know, maybe they're doing the, the Chinese uh, swabs for each other. I don't know, but uh, that's oh, okay. That, yeah, but you can't go into, yeah, yeah, you, can. yeah you, you can spit and sweat and all sorts of stuff and that, and you're in grappling with each other. That, that's fine. No problem at all. Same with the Premier League, same with them all, you know, the elite sports as, as they call it. Um, that's all right. But um, if anybody wants to kick a, a football down the, the local park here, uh, oh no, that's, that's, that's too dangerous. Like, you know, a couple of you now, because you're not paid professionals and the virus has a, a tendency to go for People who are not uh, paid in the professional field, uh, field, I should say that way. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting with all that circumstance at the moment. <laughs> so we have um, the the UK. The, unfortunately, they're targeting the children as well for the the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, which was always in the cards because I know a few weeks ago we done a sort of a podcast on not necessarily the children, but there was quite a few articles and bits and pieces on it talking about the kids again. And they want um, they've come out and said they want the kids to be vaccinated from I believe it's September onwards. So basically anybody up to the age of 18 years of age is what they're looking to uh, vaccinate. And the, the trial I believe is the AstraZeneca trial they're going to do over the next couple of months. So they're going to see in June or July of this year if the trial is is good enough and it's appropriate and it's it's worth actually implementing. And if it is, they'll implement it from uh, September onwards is what they're looking at. But this trial is they're saying when you read down to the article more and more is for six to 17 year olds and they're looking to basically trial about 300 people give or take around 300 people are saying which in the uk from their statistics um under 18 years of age contributes about 11 million uh kids for argument's sake up to the age of 18 so 300 people in my trial out of a possible 11 million um yeah that seems like a real reputable uh trial that it will be worthy and these kids get zero um against this COVID, even if you believe in it, it doesn't affect them whatsoever at all. But yet they want to, because they always want to attack the kids. They always 
want to because what they want to do basically is besides from killing off the elderly and all that as well you kill off the elderly but in the sense that the people who know what's going on they know this is not the new norm they live through hard times live through all sorts of times in the past and they can tell the stories so that's why they kind of want to get rid of them and out of those but then with the new the youngest though upcoming that this is not the new normal this is just their normal simple as that so they won't have any of these past memories that they can relate back to it and they basically wipe the whole system and that's kind of a lot of theory behind it why some of this is wanted and unfortunately some of these teachers and um, they just can't see the forest and the trees as to what they're you know coercing or, or i should say just they're not they might complain about it but they're actually not doing anything about it they're still going on oh, we have to do it through the government system yeah, not really the exact attitude you look in a few years time when you look back at things and your kids and the way things will actually be gone so yeah it's it's interesting with the shame, shame on any parent that makes their children do that like because yeah you haven't done your research because if you did you would never in a million years actually you know put anybody no matter what their age to go yeah. through this like so it was uh, yeah. uh, another one actually that i came across uh, was a, G a gp suspended for refusing to administer the job um, that was in uh, Ireland, uh, a, a doctor who refused to vaccinate his patients has been suspended, has been suspended by the medical council. It was revealed, um, I'm not sure what day I have that, but a few days ago, basically, uh, Dr. Gerald Waters, who was at the Whitehorn Clinic in Selbridge, County Kildare, uh, also would not refer his patients to another practice that would give the vaccine. Last month, he told RTE, that's the Irish radio uh, and television uh, channel, he disagreed with how quickly the vaccines had been developed and how it could, uh, how it had been handled by authorities, claiming he was a conscientious objector. He went on to say he would have no issue if his patients went on to receive the vaccine from somewhere else, but he would not put anything in his patient's arm that he would not put into his own. So fair dues to him. And like, if that's the area that you're in, I would actually change your doctor and go to somebody like that because we need to start supporting the people that are actually you know, standing up like that. But the fact, you know, I, I don't know, will he be able to overrule uh, the suspension? But it just shows they're doing that all over the world because I know uh, doctors everywhere, they're, they're threatening them. And yeah, I don't examples. Know. Yeah, of course, that's what they want to do. So nobody else will step into the shoes and do something like this. Uh, you know, courageous guy did a standing up for normal freedoms and um, decisions that people, uh, you know, informed consent that the vast, vast majority are not getting this informed uh, consent. Same with... Uh, if you go back to um, uh, Israel at the moment, there was a Israel court over there as well. I mean, they, I don't, it was some part of Israel, so it's not, as far as I know, it's not governed the whole of Israel itself, but some court over in Israel, I can't remember the name of the city, and they basically ruled that, um, you know, the safety of the kids is so vital, um, which they couldn't give a shit about them, but the safety of the kids is so vital that, they you know, the teachers now has to be mandatory that to get vaccine, or at the very minimum, to participate, they have to get, consistently get these uh, tests all the time, and, and if you don't, they're basically going to bear the teachers from coming in to teach the, the kids inside the classrooms. So from what I know, one teacher so far has said um, she's not going to participate in that at all. So she's just going to stay at home unpaid. What the repercussions would be afterwards, I don't know. But if anybody was any good at all, the rest of those teachers inside, it's very simple how we can take everything down, just like the, on the planes, um, just like the marches last weekend in London or all over the world as well. Nobody went about it. But if you're if you're basically because you're big in numbers, but all you have to do is have a, a meeting there with the rest of the teachers say, look, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. Simple as that. And if all the teachers walked off, who's going to teach the kids didn't they have didn't all of a sudden the parents are going to be complaining and somebody's going to be complaining and go all right shit, we have to look at this in a different light so they have to change the only option then is we know why the teachers walked off so unless we stop the mandatory vaccine stop this bullshit antigen lateral flow test and all this nonsense um it's not even testing for a virus and if they stop that then they know i have to have to return to some normality or else the kids are not going to get taught it's going to be a whole 
post and stuff coming against them. So in legal uh, terms as well. So and I'm sure that that could be over possibly overturned in Israel. But there's a lot going on in Israel at the minute, and uh, what's going on in Israel is kind of supposed to happen across the rest of the world as well. So watch watch the space for what's going on in Israel um, as well. It's actually it's quite good because I've a guy next week. I'm looking forward to um, interviewing a guy from Israel next week. So he's on the ground over and he's really clued in as to what's going on in very awakened situations. That so. I'll be talk, chatting to him next week, which will be which will be good to give a whole. We've covered a lot of stuff in Israel in different various podcasts, but at least he can give it himself. He's in the heart of what's going on over there, so he can basically cut out what the media is saying. Is it is it all bullshit? Is some of it bullshit? Um, and so what really is uh, going on there that we're not actually hearing across the the rest of the world? And uh, I know that if we uh, if we went to Mexico to a restaurant, so it'll be a bit different, yeah. <laughs> Just a small bit. I mean, I mean, you have to laugh sometimes at just the insanity and the madness of the whole world and the way the way things are going. Because um, you crack up otherwise if you don't laugh at certain situations. But yeah, they have this uh, nose mask or a nosy mask or something that's called any, and it looks like something you've seen. It looks like something I don't know with a penguin or a Batman years and years ago, and then it's basically put on their face or put on their nose, and then your normal mask goes over that as well. So when you sit down at having a meal in a restaurant, indoors or outdoors, wherever it might be, you take off your your bigger mask, say, and then your nosy mask is still uh, left on your face, and you just look like an absolute fucking. I mean, this is the badness. Like you're sitting down with this um, penguin-type mask on you for what? What are you going to say? What are you going to stop? What's going to? What are you going to attract or you know get around you? But if you didn't have it on you, like I mean, the insanity of the world is it's just getting better by the day. But um, yeah, I don't know how that is going to get enforced. Like, or in other words, sometimes I mean, I think everybody's experienced this where you take it a drink and you it just goes down the wrong way and then it just comes out your nose. So, yeah. like, could somebody drown if that happened now in the restaurant with this with this yeah, thing on their nose? Bubbling and snot and shit going around their nose and saying, just kind of what the fuck? Will it will it actually catch on? Will it, will it will it just be a whole joke and nobody will take any notice of it? Who knows? Because did we, 12 months ago, did we think everybody would be going around wearing masks? Who knows? So, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Can't beat the car. He's on for one chase. <laughs> <laughs> stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah. It's and, easy. Um, and, no, what, what else was wrong? The next one, we read about one. Boris Johnson. We had Boris Johnson. We had Boris Johnson. Uh, yeah, I know Boris Johnson, of course, came out in the last day or so. And he wanted to give the the green light on uh, you know as, as pubs are start are starting to open in a sense I think it's April twelfth or April seventeenth or so the outdoor areas of these pubs in England are supposed to open and then in roughly the twenty first of June or so indoors are supposed to open so what he's kind of saying is um, and he came out with his own uh, mouth as well he said it wasn't just somebody writing about it, it was um, him, a video of him actually saying it as well. And he said, oh, well, he says, um, he got asked the question, would we have to, we're talking about uh, passports and, you know, international, and we're talking about domestic ones, all this kind of stuff. He says, and he got asked the question, yeah, but would it actually come in if we actually have to go to the pub? Like, will that actually get enforced over the foreseeable couple of months? And he kind of paused. He says, well, he says, you know, we mightn't be uh, introduced to what he says. We, you know, we can leave it up to the landlord and the public. And he says, I wouldn't have any problem. He says, if the landlord or, or you know, the owner of that pub wants to actually enforce it and put it in. He says, oh, that's okay. Like, you know, so they're kind of taking the heat off themselves somewhat. That if they put it, and of course, they'll be talking in the background too, of course, probably trying to implement. And they'll probably have different opening hours then as well. Like, if you've got it, you can stay open normal hours. Whereas if you don't, they'll kind of restrict it to where yeah. they can't make a, a decent uh, revenue for themselves. Of course, of course. Thankfully, some guy came on. Uh, he, he said, there's no way. He says, we're going to enforce. Um, he's something got to do with the vintners or it's got to do with the, the pubs. Anyway. And he said, uh, no way are we going to enforce that. But look, we've heard time and time again of people 
people saying no way, no way. All of a sudden, weeks later, they, they change their mind on the whole system again. So we don't know, but I can't see any of the pubs getting much, um, you know, revenue if that's going to be the situation because the people are kind of going. So not alone, do we have to actually take on extra staff now that we've basically accommodate more tables. We can't just stay behind the bar. We've accommodated people all the time at tables. Now we're going to, have to take on extra security staff to pay for this as well. They're losing so much money all the time. So I don't know. I don't think it'll, uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they'll bring in where you have to wear your mask and you have a drip to get the alcohol into your body. Like, you know, that'll be the yeah. next thing they'll be trying to do. Something like a feather jacket or something. Visit, yeah, with a feather jacket. Fight to get this stuff flowing into your arm. Like, yeah. I wouldn't mind sending half of them fuckers in Westminster around the world and send them off to Craigie Island and uh, leave, leave them out there forevermore. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's there was a more there was something on the care homes as well that you had, wasn't there? There was, yeah, there was some leaked documents that came out of uh Westminster. When they say leaked documents, they always have like one of these you know main papers that's kind of uh on the side of their things, kind of leaking it out what in, in another way. But leaked documents are basically saying that because they're having uh difficulties at the moment for care home staff um to actually take up um basically get vaccinated. Because we know we covered uh, over the last couple of weeks or a few months that um, care home staff in places in America, they were up 70%, said they're not going, they're going to refuse a jab. You had places in England saying I think it was uh, the best part of it, between 40 and 60%. There's all sorts of numbers floating around the place. But when it comes down to it, they are having difficulties. Um, it's hard to know which is the true numbers on it, but a lot of care home staff said we're not participating in it. So all along, you see the government were clever in the sense that we're not making it mandatory for you. But what we'll do is we'll, you know, we'll see if the uptake is good in it. But now because the uptake is not as good as they anticipated in it, now all of a sudden we have to change it from voluntary to basically mandating that if you're a care home worker, we're going to make you basically um, get the, the vaccine so you can, be, you can show that you have it. And they said at least what we want on top of it is something like at least minimum 80% of these um, people vaccinated and at least 90% of the, the people who are actually in the care homes um, themselves uh, vaccinated. So, but really they want obviously 100%. And I think what they will create is a lot of people are just not going to do this. They said they're not going to do this. So what, what's the option? Basically, you can't work and because of this. Some people said already they're not going to work, so they just stay at home, not get any money. What does that impact has that, of course, not going to affect is the poor elderly that are inside in these homes. Who's, who's going to be there to look after them? Another way of uh, going down the road of basically neglect and, and they suddenly die and all these things just happen to them, of course, on top of the, the dosage of the vaccine they're going to get. So that's the kind of route he's going down at the moment um, that they're trying to implement. It's not 100% yet, but there's... They've had all these papers and talks in the background. The, the, le the leaked documents come out, and this is what they're talking about. This is what they want to implement now. So generally, when they're talking about these things, is, is what they'll, they'll try and roll out. But uh, I'd be surprised if we don't get some bit of pushback from the care homes. If they, if they have any backbone at all, they're going to have to stand up because people lose their livelihoods over this, and the elderly will have nobody to take care of them. And then they'll blame it on the people, saying, oh, sure, we would have had people look after them. Now people are dying in the care homes because we've nobody to look after them. That day, selfish people they never got that old jab in their arm. You know, this this is the whole the way they play the whole thing. They turn it every time, nearly make themselves like look like they were the good people. We give it the option, but she took the wrong option. So, <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. That's 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 and, the madness uh, with that. But, um, and f finally, actually, because uh, uh, we like to keep you uh, cheerful and happy, and those that uh, believed that uh, the lockdown was going to be three weeks last year in March kind of were a year into it now, but uh, we've good news on that one, haven't we, for those yeah, that actually have, love me, have, being at have, home. We have, yeah, sense a bit of sarcasm on that one, but um, we have, yeah, it's something got to do with the, so they came out with this, um, it's on the gov, uh, government website here in England, and they've come out basically saying it's what they're looking for the next two years, so yeah, it got advertised um, uh, very recently there, this month actually, and they said well, your, your start date will commence from April the 1st onwards over a two-year period, and what they're actually looking for, crying out for, is um, basically like a, a media contractor to basically push the propaganda of COVID-19 for the next 24 months. So 
uh, what would you want somebody uh, like, and they say, oh yeah, sorry, we'll pay up to two million of a contract. So the government are willing to pay up two million of a contract to a media contractor, whoever might turn on the door for it, to basically push out the propaganda, the fear, and the narrative over the next two years. So more evidence of the, which we know already, but there's more evidence there that they, they put down themselves and just showing that this is not to go away anytime soon whatsoever at all. And they had plans for it not to go away anytime soon, just like the mass, just like the vaccine, just like everything else. It all has to keep going, going, going um, down the line all the way. So that's what they are kind of saying. I might be able to leave a link or so people can read into it more if they want to down below as to what that is about. But uh, yeah, that's just, uh, I won't say shocking because nothing that these days uh, shocks me. But I mean, those that had that's think think it's going to come to an end when they get the, this toxin injected into them, that should be a wake up call. Like if you're not awake now, and uh, we need a we need to shake you at this stage. Like you well, might just, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's no this doesn't stop anything. Like so, if you can get the the jab all day long, but you still have to wear the mask, you still have to do all these things. So they're not. It's not get the jab and then you can take away these things. It's it's just it's just dangling that carrot in front of your face week after week, month after month. And people are still queuing up for around the corners to get it. Um, it's just uh, it's it's insanity to uh, to what it is. So uh, yeah, people will be people. You can just say plant seeds here and there, but people are some will wake up and some won't, and, and there's nothing you can uh, do about that. So you just have to move on with things. So that's where we are, and that kind of um, couple of bullet points to share with uh, people this week. So um, that's all nice and brief again. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll be back again next week with some uh, hopefully more positive news. So uh, thanks, thanks a million, Chris. No worries, right? We'll speak to you again next week. Yeah, so you find uh, Chris on uh, MindWars.uk and on BitChute MindWars. I'm on AwakeningPodcast.org and Awakening Podcast on BitChute. We both uh, have a subscribe star. So if you want to buy us a pint, even though we can't actually go to the pub to buy it, but we can get it in the off license, we'd appreciate any donations as well. Until next week, take care. See you then.